it is uh, an amazing opportunity, a pleasure to be here. I hope you can see me, I'm quite short. So <laughs> if you're sitting back there, um, you can just listen to my voice. Um, it is uh, a great opportunity every time that I get to share what I feel like God has put in my heart. Um, I just want to pray again and just give this time to our Father. Lord, we just come before you. Father, we present ourselves, Lord, our our hearts. Lord, you know, you know us. You know our desires. You know our needs. Father, we just present ourselves to you. Right now, I ask for your Holy Spirit to come. Father, we pray that it will be your word delivered this morning, that it will be you speaking to us, to our hearts, Father. You know exactly what we need. You know what we need to hear. Father, we come against any attacks of the enemy, any distraction, anything that is not from you. We bind it in the name of Jesus, and we say, leave. We pray your Holy Spirit to come. Father, we pray for open ears and eyes to hear and to see what you want. In your name, Jesus. Amen. I want to start out by reading um, Isaiah 41, 13. says, For I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord, your God, and say to you, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. Whenever I was asked to um, to speak on waiting, or they've told us what, what was the um, theme on Christmas time, and he said it was going to be waiting, and I kind of laughed a little bit because um, is there... If there's a title or something that describes what I've been in the season that I've been is waiting. Um, and I just love God's sense of humor. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> I want you to talk about it. Um, so I have, I have some experience in, in waiting. Uh, I haven't mastered it because I wouldn't be waiting if I, <laughs> well, I don't know if we ever would master it. But anyways, um, I have some experience in, in waiting. Um, not a couple years, not four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten. I have 14 years come like kind of of waiting um, to see God move in a word that he gave me 14 years ago. So whenever you hear me talking about the waiting, you know that it's not just coming from somebody that doesn't know what is to wait doesn't know or is not impatient or it's not like, okay, I'm going to try to help God because you've taken seven years and you still haven't done what, what you told me, so I'm going to try to help you a little bit. Um, it's coming from a heart that is uh, struggle, that is um, battle, that is cried, that is um, done many things in the waiting. Um, so I was just like thinking, how, how can we learn to wait patiently? How can we get there? Um, anybody? <laughs> no. Um, I, I, want, <laughs> I want to um, walk with how God has taught me. Um, of course, um, I'm, it's just my experience. And uh, But yeah, I just want to share some of the promises that God gave us and, and how we have seen God's hand, how, how we felt that God has responded to uh, but first of all, I want to I wanna share some of my testimony. Um, I'm one of seven. I'm number six in my family. Uh, my parents are pastors in Panama City. Um, and I, I learned quite young that 
of course, um, the fact that my parents were safe didn't mean that I was going to be safe as well. Um, at the age of 15, I had a real encounter with God with something that happened um, with a friend in school. And from then, I decided, Lord, I can't let this happen again. I, I need to share the word. I need, I need to be active in what I, what I know is the truth. So at the age of 16 or 17, I decided to really go after God. I decided to respond. I felt like God was calling me to go out in mission field, and I didn't really knew how was this going to look like. I didn't know um, what plans he had for me. Um, I was studying in high school, and I just, I just went after God. Um, so whenever I was finishing my high school, I I had this, I want to study, go to Bible college in Canada. I don't know why. Um, a little town called Saskatchewan, and <laughs> I don't even know why. But anyways, I like I applied for the college and all the rest, and they accepted me. But then I didn't get enough funds to to go and study. And as you can tell, I was 18, devastated. I'm like, okay, Lord, I felt like you were guiding me here. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Um, so I had this, like, um, my dad needed, like, a secretary for a month or so in the time of Christmas, and he's like, well, you can do it, you have free time, and I'm like, okay, all right, as long as it's not, like, a permanent thing. <laughs> um, so I remember just sitting in this office and just being like, this is not it, Lord, like, what do you have for me? I know that you've spoken to me, I know you you want to use me, you want to send me somewhere, um, and I remember getting this call, uh, the Y1 base in Panama. Some of the guys used to go to our church. And I got this call from the director of Y1 Panama. And he's like, hey, Sarai, we, we heard you're not doing anything right now. I'm like, great. <laughs> um, and he's like, we want to invite you. We have, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Um, we felt like uh, we always, every year, I think they used to give like a scholarship to, to somebody. We want to we wanna give you a full, fully paid scholarship to do our, our DTS in January. And he's like, you might want to pray about it. You might want to um, just you know, talk to your parents. And I'm like, nope, yes, that's what I'm doing. So right away, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. that. That's what God is saying. And I can tell you, um, this was probably one of the times that I've seen God's hand in my life, like so clearly, he shut one door and I was devastated. I cried and cried and said, Lord, I thought this was it. He was like, no, I, I have something else for you. Um, so this time was just a time that I saw God's hand so clear. He shut one door and soon after that, he opened another one. Um, that's where I met my husband, Simon. We met in Y1 Panama, um, just a couple of teenagers, um, old teenagers, kind of, um, becoming in our 20s, and we got married soon after that. Um, but yeah, I want to read Revelations 3.7. It says, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And if I have seen a word in my life, this has been it. For many years um, after that, I ha we have been knocking, we have been going to different places, and, and feel like whenever you hear God calling you to something, um, you, you respond, and then there is the obedience, and then there's the waiting, and all of the rest. Um, but we had this, we, we came to Michigan um, maybe... 
14, 15 years ago almost. Um, and for some, my, I have a sister that lives here. And for some reason, we just felt like um, God was going to bring us here 15 years ago, 14 years ago. And um, we, we loved many things about it. And we just felt like God was calling us here. So over the years, we were praying that God would open the door to come here because that's what we heard. We heard God saying, you're going to come and move here. Uh, many years, we we got ready. We we did some things. Simon and I were both, um, Simon was 18, I was 19, whenever we did um, our DTS. We studied, uh, went to college in Ireland. Um, and... And over and over, we started knocking at a door that we felt like God was going to open the door. That's, that's the place that God has for us. Uh, or, yeah, this is the job that God has for us. Um, he's going to open this door. So we were knocking at this door, and year after year, we keep hearing, no, no, it's not, it's not this year. It's not this year. Years of, of disappointing disappointment, questioning God. Lord, was this really what you want for us? Is this really what you were saying to us? Years of saying, God, I know I'm ready. I'm ready. This time, I'm ready. This time, I'm leaving everything behind. This time, I am fully there. Come the time, nothing happens. And now I can tell you all these things with a smile on my face, and I can say, yeah, that happened. But at that moment, I was broken. We were so upset. We were like, Lord, we thought we heard you. We thought it was you speaking to us. So as you can tell, God opened the door. <laughs> we're here. Um, and... I can tell you with full honesty that all those years that I thought I was ready, I wasn't ready. If God had, had opened that door before, I know now that we probably wouldn't have lasted very long. Not because we've had like a terrible time being here. It has not. It has been a blessing. But I feel like sometimes we can romanticize things in our mind and... We're waiting for something, a husband, a wife, a kid, a business, uh, if my kids came back, if we have so many ifs, if this door open, if I could move this way, if I could have this job, everything would fall into place. And I learned that First Thessalonians 5.18 says, give things in all, all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I found this verse a blessing and a struggle because it's like, how can I give thanks to the Lord if I'm feeling broken, if I'm feeling like, you know, he spoke to me, yet I can't see the fruits of that word. I can't see him opening all the opposite. It just seems like it gets farther and farther away from from us getting there. But now, now that I'm here, I know why he made us wait for so long. Because we weren't ready, we weren't, we weren't mature enough. Um, and depending on your age, you know, you might say we're very mature. And if you're older, you're like, yeah, you still have a lot to go. <laughs> um, so depending where you are, <laughs> um, you might think differently. 
But I just want to tell you, if you're waiting, if you're in the waiting season, if you are, have been praying for something for years and you're still waiting, it's for a reason. But whenever God answers your prayers, when you get what you're praying for, that thing that he has promised, no one will be able to shut it. When he opens a door, no one will be able to shut it. When the Lord and his plans for you, sorry, when, when the Lord has a plan for you and we submit our lives, we submit our desires, our, our everything to him and his timing, it will happen. And as I'm, I started walking, we moved in July 19th, as we started walking in what we felt like God had promised us for so long. I, in my mind, I had this vision of, um, it was a human vision, <laughs> just uh, uh, my desire that whenever God would open this door, everything will just, all the presents will be there. Everything will be given to me. And yeah, I know many times God has done that for me, but this time he had something different. Part of me believed in that. Once we're there, you know, we'll, we'll have our happily ever after. Everything will turn out just the way we have been praying, we have been longing. And yes, we can read in Isaiah 55, 8, 9. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And Psalm 27, 13 says, Yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. I feel like whenever we understand that what he has for us is better than we can ever dream, that his plans are indeed higher and better, when we understand this, we will start living in a life of freedom. Because we're not just waiting for the when this happens, when that comes through, when I get married, when I have a kid, when whatever you're waiting for. I'm not going to be waiting for that. I'm going to live the now. Okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? I want to tell you that no matter what season we are in, his will and his ways are always better. And I feel like one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn about myself is um, is as I was, as, as we were walking in what we felt like God had for us, I started seeing things in my heart that I didn't think were there. You know, I felt like I, I had surrendered my life to God. We've been missionaries for a long time, serving God. Um, and I didn't think those things were still in my heart. I had this picture of, like, if, if you've ever been around a three, four-year-old kid and you give them a blue cup um, 
and they just take a tantrum. They're like, I didn't want the blue cup, I wanted the pink cup. Um, and if you're a parent, you, you probably remember this stage. Um, and whenever I was looking inside my heart, I could see this, like, me taking a tantrum. It's like, Lord, you brought me here, and what am I doing? Nothing. I'm waiting still. You brought me here, and I felt like you, you were going to have everything planned out for me. And he does, but not the way I think I thought. I felt like whenever we moved here, the whole promise was like everything was going to be handed to me. And I just want to I just want to say thank you, Father, for for your love. Because in spite of our of the way we walk, of the way we are, we can see your hand. As I was praying for this word, I, I remember the waiting time and many times opening the Bible and God guiding me to how many men and women of God waited, how many years. And that was scary. Because whenever we open the Bible, it's like 40 years. <laughs> you have a few a picture there that I, I always made me laugh because I always like found this picture somewhere. And it's like, okay, Lord, <laughs> please tell me it's not going to be 40 years um, waiting for what you have for me. Um, but we, we have in the Bible so many men and women that just waited patiently. Sometimes they were impatient. Sometimes they threw tantrums. Sometimes they... Um, were obedient. If we could read Hebrews 11, 13 to 16, it says, All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, People who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their home, their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were not, sorry, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And this is another verse that I wrestle with. That not all of them receive what they were promised. And we know this is not what we read in the Bible. God is God that, that does, he does what he says he's going to do. So it's like, okay, is that a contradiction? And I feel in my heart that as this man and woman knew who they were, they knew what were in what they were in earth for. They were foreigners, they were nomads. They knew their final home was not here. They understood that the promise was not just to be fulfilled in the land of the living. It wasn't just for a piece of candy, it wasn't just for a house, a car, whatever. 
They knew the life in earth wasn't meant to be excellent or per perfect. But we are promised a trouble-free, pain-free eternity. We are promised a glory that will last forever. I had a little anecdote um, in our time in YWAM. We did this camp called Nico Camp. Um, it was an awful, awful three days of my life. Um, it was a survival camp, and it was part of building our, our I don't know what. <laughs> it, was, it was meant to be like a build-up, like a team-building exercise. So we went into Costa Rican jungle, um, and we were left um, in this place. In the middle of the night, one night, we had to go and get all of our stuff ready to, like, we, we went to sleep. They were so mean to us. We went to sleep. We were so tired from everything we had done today. Um, we had to pack everything, the, the tents, and go in a little, little, little tiny boat um, upriver and, like, huge backpacks that we're carrying. I'm like, this thing is going to sink. We're going to die here. Um, to, we got into this little village. We had to walk, like, I don't know, an hour and a half, like, like we were we were asleep and we were woken up and like it was awful, and all I keep kept thinking was, it's it's only gonna last a couple of days, you know we're gonna be home and everything will be better. Uh, we were eating like we had like this ration meals, um, beans and tuna and sardines and we were all in groups and we had to share them and. Um, it was awful, like the worst experience of my life. We had to hike. We were starving. We couldn't do hardly anything. We couldn't jump in the river. It was so hot. Um, and all I kept thinking is, this is not going to last forever. You can do it. Come on. <laughs> but it was, it was hard. It was hard doing it. But all I could kept, kept thinking was, this is only a few days. This is only a few hours. You can do this. Um, and I feel like, Sometimes in our life, we feel like we're trapped in this camp, in this horror camp where, <laughs> where we are like barely surviving. We're barely like, Lord, I can barely make it. But if our mentality could be of, okay, this is my earthly life. This is going to last however many years. But I'm going to have an eternity with Christ, an eternity partying, an eternity worshiping my Father. And 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18 says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last, what does it say? Forever. So we don't look at our troubles. We can see now. Rather, we fix our eyes on the things that we cannot see, for the things that we cannot, that we cannot, sorry, for the things we can see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We know that as sons and daughters, we're called to go against the culture, sons and daughters of God. In a culture where everything can be deliver to your door. You don't have to go out to do grocery shopping. Um, we have become so self-sufficient. We don't need anybody anymore. 
last Sunday we read um, Philippians 3, 19 to 20, and it just got me. Because I feel like, in a way, it describes not just the world, but sadly us as a church. And I'm talking as a church worldwide, not just here. It says, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, 19 to 20. So my question is, am I going after desiring the things of this world? What am I going after? Am I going for the woman in satisfaction or an eternity of freedom? A life of slavery or a freedom? And something that as, as we moved here, I felt like the Lord was saying to me personally and as a, as a body of Christ is that many of us are still living like slaves. We're following the law but never really accessing the privileges that we have as sons and daughters. And it's something that I feel like I've had to repent before the Lord because I'm, I'm, I'm doing what he wants me to do, but there's still so many things in my heart that need surrender, that need changed. In Luke 15, it's, we know the prodigal son story. Let's start with verse 22. We know what happened. There was two sons, one of them, Stayed home. The other one is like, Dad, I want all my money. I'm out of here. And he spent it all. He, well, he was feeding the pigs. He's like, oh, my father has so many workers for him. I'm, I'll go back and he'll take me. As the father sees his son coming, the father said, said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and the sandals on his feet. Then we jump to verse 28. The older brother came, became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you. And never disobeyed your orders. Yet you have never given me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. And I could just say, almost hear the father is like, seriously, son. <laughs> my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. My son, my daughter, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because his brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now found. I feel like every one of us has a different path. 
And at some point or another, we can become jealous, envious of how we see other people, whether it's prosper or whether we see God move in their, ha- in their lives. And we're like, but hold on a minute, like I've been serving. I've been serving you, Lord, for all these years. And look at this one. It's just come out of wherever he was and where are you putting him? We start questioning God's blessings to other people. I'm in the house, but not using the robe and the ring I could be using. I'm in the house, but mentally oppressed to work or be a slave. I'm burned out because I only see myself as a worker, as a slave. And I feel like many of us have worked and worked because we we feel like, God, you call us and I'm going to do it and and no matter what. And then we find ourselves in a a position of being burned out, of being like, I I don't have anything else to give. I'm just being obedient to God. I feel like at times we're being full partly by our our desire to please God, but also by the enemy. We often forget that we have a good, what what good of a father we have. He's given us full access to everything that is his. And I feel like in this includes knowing when to rest, knowing when it's time to take a minute to pause. And not just feel like I'm a slave or I'm doing something just because I'm being obedient. That's not what God wants. The Lord is saying everything he has is ours. And of course, we might have hard times, but we know where our full redemption will come. We are called to live a life knowing that we have to wait for some of his promises, but also that we have the authority of sons and daughters. It is time to start walking in this truth. We're being challenged to walk by faith, to live like our Father has given us everything we need for today. We need to know this and to know that our eternal life will outweigh anything that might happen in this life. I want to close up with reading Colossians 1, 9 to 14. says, For this reason, we have always prayed for you. Ever since we heard about you, we ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will with all the wisdom and understanding that his spirit gives us, gives, then he will be able to live, sorry, then you will be able to live a life as the Lord wants and will always do what pleases him. Your lives will produce all kinds of good deeds and you will grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength which comes from his glorious power 
so that you may be able to endure everything with patience. And with joy, give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to have your share of what God has reserved for his people in the kingdom of light. He rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear son, by whom we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. And that's not what I'm closing with. <laughs> but um, there is a little video that I, that I asked to be put up. And maybe if Simon, you can come and play something quietly. Um, whenever I was, I was preparing for this word, I was struggling because, like I said, I'm still there. I'm still waiting. Um, and I didn't want it to come as a word of, what are you doing? <laughs> because it's, what are you doing? Because God is speaking to me. Because God like, has challenged me so much. I'm 39 years old. I've been serving the Lord from I was 18. There's been highs. There, been, there has been some lows. But I'm like, Lord, I've been faithful. I've, I've done what I think you want me to do. Why am I still here? And I, I just want to, I, I don't want this like, oh, poor Sarai. <laughs> no. Because I know many of us are in this situation. Many of us are like, Lord, when is that going to happen? Whatever you're praying for. And whenever one of the, the ways that we saw God's hand move, whenever we were coming here, is that even before we came here, um, we got an email from somebody saying, oh, you know, we have a house um, that we let sometimes, and it has just become available. And that was one of, like, number one prayer list um, for coming here. And um, again, we didn't really have to say, yeah, we want to go look for it or whatever. Like, we're like, yeah, that's the place God has for us. Um, we know he knows our heart. And in our house, there is fields of corn. And we thought it was nice corn, but apparently it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and this field has been amazing. Like, we have seen deer. We have seen so many other things that we don't see in Ireland or in Panama. Um, this field is huge for, for my eyes. Um, and whenever we moved, it was all green. It was beautiful. Um, it was so nice to see uh, I kept taking pictures, and we, like we kept asking people, like, oh, you know when they're going to cut them and stuff? And they're like, oh, yeah, October, November. And um, we're, like, eagerly waiting. And as as we move, like, as, whenever we went to see the house, I felt like this was a prophetic, something prophetic. This feel was so big and, like, so green and so luscious. I felt like God was like, yeah, this is not just coincidence. There's something in it. And as October went... Harvest time wasn't wasn't ready yet. November came and the leaves, like old grass, was like brown. And I'm like, 
these guys, what are they doing? Have they forgotten about this field? Like, what's going on with these farmers? <laughs> um, this is ready. Like, I can see it. It's like, it's going bad. Have they, like, taken, what, what time are they, when are they going to do this? I see all the fields around our house are gone, and I'm like, seriously? Like, when is this going to go? Um, because I felt like it was something prophetic, and in, in whenever it's going to be um, harvested. And on Friday, I was preparing for, for today, and I just hear this engine. Um, and I think you can play the video. Um, this is inside the house, and you can hear it inside the house, just plotting. It's only six seconds. Um, but I did record quite a bit because I was so excited. I'm like going out. I'm like recording every second of it, and this guy probably like, what is she doing? Um, but it was like, it meant something. And I feel like it means something to many of you. You've been sowing. You've been like, Lord, I'm doing your work. Lord, I'm, I've done this. I've planted. I've done everything else that you need to do whenever you're a gardener. Um, put water, uh, whatever else. Uh, when, when am I going to get all this, all this fruit, all this? Um, when, when is going to be the time to reap what I've been sowing? Galatians 9 Sorry, Galatians 6, 9 to 10 says, So let us not become tired of doing good. For if we do not give up, the time will come when we will reap the harvest. So then, as often as we have the chance, we should go, sorry, we should do good to everyone especially to those who belong to our family and faith. And I feel like for, for many of us, if you want to close your eyes, I feel like this is a word for many people that have worked for the Lord, that you have planted, and you've been waiting to see some fruits. I feel like the time is here to start reaping what you have sown. You felt like it was going to take you down. You felt like the waiting time was going to be forever. You felt like you weren't going to have any more strength. But the Lord has sent his angels to strengthen you, to sustain you. And I feel like this word is for many of us. It is time to start seeing the fruits of our labor to start seeing that, yes, he is faithful to his promises. That, yes, we will see the hand of the living God in the land of the living. Father, we just praise your name for this word. Lord, let our hearts and Minds will be positioned in the right place, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you won't let us go astray. You won't let us look away. You won't let us fall. You won't let us miss it. I feel like that works for somebody. He's not going to let you miss it. If you're surrendering to him, if you are willingly saying, God, I'm here. God, take my heart. He won't let you miss what he has 
for you. He won't let somebody else walk through the door that it was meant for you. When we are walking in his truth, when we're walking in his ways, he won't let anybody else take what's yours. Because it's yours. He made it specially for you. Each one of us, whatever age you are, whether you're nine or whether you're 80, God has something still, still he has something for you. He wants you to continue serving him. He wants you to continue being used for his glory. So don't give up. Don't hesitate. Don't get envious. Because what is for you is coming. And whenever you discover, whenever you unwrap that that he has for you, it will be way better than what you ever dream of. And this is not a fairy tale. This is not a story that we hear. This is God's truth. Father, we praise your name, Jesus. Father, as a church, we, we repent, Lord, if, if we have in our hearts, we have grown weary, if we have become envious and jealous of, of other people, of other Christians, of the move that is in other places. Father, we pray that in this week we can access to everything that you have for us. Father, just like that father has said to the, to the son, everything I have is yours. You're saying that to us. Start speaking. Start declaring. Start speaking the things that you want to see. We have that authority as well. Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord. For your blessings, Jesus, we praise your name, Lord.